0: Turn the fire up. Amen. Some of you trying to figure that out. Turn the fire up. Turn the heat off. Oh, gracious. Praise God. God is good all the time. Yes, He is. Thank you, Lord. John chapter 4, verse 1. And we will be having a water baptism today immediately after service for anyone who wants to be water baptized. And uh, those of you who know who you are that are being baptized, I I'm, I'm trust that you brought a towel and change of clothes and that you are ready. And uh, don't forget this evening as well, our jingle mingle, we're going to have a great time together in fellowship and no ugly sweaters. Just bring your ugly self. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Just, <laughs> just trying to get a little humor. <laughs> Amen. Somebody say it's Christmas. It's Christmas. Praise God. Amen. Um I was debating on what to do this morning because I, you know, I had two messages when I come out here. This happens to me a lot. But uh I just really felt drawn to this one this morning, and uh, I trust that it's going to be a blessing to you and going to help us. You know, one of the things that the Lord spoke to me, you know, about, I said, God, I said, you know, what do we need? And, uh, you, you know, because we understand what time it is in the world. The, the, the hand is about to strike the 12 o'clock hour, Jesus is about to come, and we believe that that is ever so near. It's like Paul said, "Is nearer now than when we first believed. But in all seriousness, we have never seen the culmination of things that we see right now all happening at the same time. And Jesus could come at any moment. He may come before we get through with this message today. The main thing is to be ready. That when the trumpet sounds, you'll leave here. Praise God. It's not about an escape, but at the same time, I definitely want to escape out of here. But while I'm here, I want to kick the devil's butt as hard as I can. Amen. And give him hell like he deserves. Somebody say amen. And so we should live that way. But never before have we seen a time like we see now. Um, And I think the subtility of the enemy causing people to withdraw. I want you to listen to what I'm going to tell you. The subtility of the working of the spirit of iniquity causing people to draw away from God. It's so easy, one step at a time. People are drawing away from God. Remember that the Scripture says that there will be a great falling away. And I believe that that is in part by a lot of the shaking that will go on in the world and uh, people not understanding what's happening. And I believe that it will also come from saints that have maybe been in church for years that have served God. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, they, the, Satan feeds this thought to them. Uh, you know, well, you've done your job now. No, Jesus said, after you've done your duty, then count yourself as an unprofitable servant because we're supposed to occupy till he comes. Amen? I want to go exhausted, <laughs> tongue hanging out. You know, everything, just falling across the finish line, saying, Hallelujah, I'm here, praise God, I have arrived. Amen. But expending all my energy and strength for the kingdom of heaven. Amen. You know, and I believe that God wants to do something great in hearts this morning. I still feel that stirring. I still the Holy Spirit, you know, moving in the midst. I know yesterday when I was studying and this morning and all through the night and just when I went home yesterday evening and just, you know, God, you know, what do you want? What are you you doing? I just felt like the Lord was going to do some extraordinary things today and uh, more than, you know, than we even realize that he wants to do. And that is for you. See, those gifts of the Holy Spirit are to edify and build you up Amen, and to stir your heart, cause you to be hungrier for God. Amen. I know uh, years ago, and I'm not advocating that this is the right way, but I, you know, I'm just give place to the Holy Spirit, whatever that He wants to do. Uh, you know, probably 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, and uh, you know, you could be preaching right in the middle of this, right in the middle of your sermon, and somebody would jump up and start speaking in tongues. And just you know, uh, as they say, would God interrupt Himself? <laughs> you know, but they would jump up. And it was just like that—that that explosive atmosphere of the Spirit of God. And uh, you know, I know that you know there's an order to things, and sometimes I think that that our that that God's order can be what we think is disorder. Amen. I'm saying Holy Ghost, whatever you want, whatever you want. Say that with me. Say Holy Ghost, whatever you want, whatever you want to do. Amen. And so my prayer is I want to be just like a man that stepped right out of heaven into earth and had a message to deliver. That's always the way that I like to be. John chapter 1. This is the Christmas message, I guess. Verses 1 through 14. I'll read from the King James Version. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was nothing made that was made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through Him might believe. He was not that light but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world and the world was made by him. This is amazing. And the world knew him not. Now he's not talking about pine trees and oak trees and fish and animals. They know God. He's talking about humans. He was in the world and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. One of the things that that tells Jesus is so unassuming. He comes in all kinds of ways. He came into his own, and his own received him not. How would you like to come to your family and your family not recognize you? But as many as received him... To them gave He the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed upon His name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Let us pray. Father, thank You today for Your Word. We just ask you right now, Holy Spirit, to have your way. We say we desperately need your touch to bring forth illumination and revelation. We pray that you'll work and open hearts and minds. We thank you for liberty and freedom for people to respond. Holy Spirit, we just say right now, we are are but human beings, and you're welcome to do anything you want to do, anytime you want to do it. Stop me, speak through me. Lord, speak to me. Have your way today. Cause every word to come forth accurately and boldly as you'd have it to come. Father, touch every precious soul under the sound of my voice. And, Father, we look to you and give you thanks and praise today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. 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 Um, Before you're seated, I I, I feel like that there's somebody here maybe that is experiencing something, you know, with your heart. You know, if you, you know, it might, might be a heart flutter. It could be some kind of heavy thing. You may feel heavy, you know, but, you know, I want to, we want to pray for you if that's you. If there's anybody here that's experiencing that. I know that Stella, yeah, we pray in proxy for her. Come on down here. We're going to pray. Come down. Come down here, Brother Dave. Um, we're going to pray. I feel this in the spirit. Amen. Doesn't mean you're going to have a heart attack. Doesn't mean you're going to die. It just means God wants to fix something. Somebody say amen. 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 Yeah, come on down. Just stand right there. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And you stretch forth your hands right now in Jesus' name. Brother Brother Hughes, Sister Hughes, Deborah, you come on over here. We're going to pray. Believe God. Amen. Father, today, we just give you thanks, Lord, for your word of knowledge. We give you thanks for the gifts of healings. We thank you, Lord, today for these that have come down. And we say by the authority of your word today, Lord, as we lay... Hands upon these, Father God, and anoint them and touch them that in Jesus' name that they are healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray for them. We we'll say in the name of Jesus right now. Be healed. Be mm. Mm-hmm. you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Y'all give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Amen. Got another one? Father, in Jesus' mighty name. you you may be seated yes Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I know I'm kind of loud. I might need to come down just a little bit, but not, you know. All right. We're going to talk about before the baby came. Before the baby came. Here in John's gospel, we learn of Jesus before he came to the earth as a baby in a manger. So in this Bible text that we are about to examine this morning, we're going to find out that Jesus is described as the Word. Everybody say the Word. And so the word that he uses here in the Greek is logos. It's a really interesting word because when we we look at it, we know that the basic idea is that Jesus is both the Word and the wisdom of God. But the meaning that we want to look at contained within this Word because we so often look at it is the Word made flesh, the Logos made flesh, this, this Word, these words that are on these pages made flesh. But one of the other Greek meanings of this is that it is the divine reason or plan. The divine reason or plan. And so in the beginning was the Word, the divine reason or the divine plan the word was with god the divine reason the divine plan the word was with god and the word was god everybody say god always has a plan always has a plan so jesus was the logos before he came to this earth and i want to say that he is still the logos today and he'll always be the logos somebody say hallelujah you know, it's, it's so interesting, you know, to, to understand, and, and this is for us today, that, that you can know that you, we say things like, man, I just wish I could just touch Jesus, feel Jesus, just get a hold of this. Amen. Somebody say, get a hold of the Word. The Word. The Word lives. It breathes. It's full of power. It's active. It's energizing. It does. It'll do something for you when you read it. But I thought it was important this morning as we enter into this Christmas season to better understand the Christmas season, is to look at some of the meanings that were behind Jesus' first coming. And so we want to look at three things this morning, and I, I want to try to to, to to move through this today because I could probably preach about three hours on this, but I'm going to try to condense it down, so don't get worried. Amen. So this evening at 6, you can come to the Jingle Mingle and eat. And so I could preach up to at least 4 o'clock and just have a few hours to break. <laughs> And so the first one that we want to look at this morning is that Jesus is the incredible Word. Everybody say incredible. Man, it is incredible. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Mm -hmm. I like that. You like that? Amen. He was with God and he was God. He was in the beginning with God. He created everything that there is that we can see today and nothing exists that he, Jesus, did not exist. So what does that tell us? It tells us that Jesus is also eternal, that this word will never cease to be. That's why God's promises never fail. Amen. John's word purposely echoes the words used in this creation account when he said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then in John chapter number 1, in the beginning was the word. How many understand that if, if, the, if God hadn't showed up in the beginning and spoke, if that word hadn't came, there would be nothing here. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How did he create the heavens and the earth? By the word. Somebody say, by the word. By the word. So the word beginning here is very significant for us because it is used in the sense that it means before all time. Somebody say, before all time. So while we fully can't comprehend it or explain it, Jesus has always existed. Somebody say, he is eternal. He is eternal. So one of the best ways to understand is the following definition. There is never a time that Jesus did not exist. Never a time that Jesus did not exist. In other words, Jesus did not just have his start in the womb of Mary. He has always been, he always was, and he always will be. In Revelation chapter number 22, verse 13, Jesus describes himself this way. I am Alpha. I am Omega. I am the first. I am the last. I am the beginning, and I am the end. And I love this because I love the scripture that he says to us. He says, I watch over my word to perform it. I'm glad that he's not the guy that makes a promise and then dies along the way. I'm glad that he's not a guy that that can promise something and then just disappears in the future because he originated it. He created it. He made it. He's watching over it. He's with us, and he's performing it in our lives. Somebody say amen. See, he is simply but significantly proclaiming that he is an eternal being. See, it's hard for us to fathom that because we've always lived on this planet but there was a time where there was not a planet. We think that God showed up and was just something floating out in space. Yes, there was, but God took nothing and hung something on it, the book of Job says. Seeing this, there was a void, absolute nothingness until God did something. That's important for us to understand. Can I tell you this morning that I think that most of us count God out Because we have gone through life, and some people can, I don't care how old you are, how young you are, or where you're at in the middle, I think lots of people have just counted God out because they say God has not done anything yet. He has not showed up. Well, you need to look at Abraham's life when God speaks to him at 75 and says, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to give you a son. He says, oh, really? Really? At 75, you're going to give me a son. Well, that's good news. I hope you give me the energy to go with it. How many understand that if God is going to give you a son at 75, he will definitely give you the energy to go along with raising that son or that daughter? See, what I'm getting at this morning is you may be 100 and have the child, and then all of a sudden you may think to yourself, as Abraham did, I'm going to have to manipulate that promise to bring it to pass, and then he got in, get involved with Hagar, and we know that Ishmael was born. The fact of the matter is this, is that you do not have to touch the promise of God. You don't have to touch what God says. All you have to do is put faith in what he said and believe that God is going to bring it to pass. Somebody say amen. Take yourself out of the equation and let God. As the old adage goes, let go. Let God. See, that's a good word for us today. Jesus is the alpha. He's the omega. The first, the last, the beginning, and the end. He is eternal. He is God. You see, sometimes people wonder what differentiates true Christianity from all the cults that exist in the world. Well, here's your answer. Every church that believes the Bible, whether it's Catholic or Baptist or Presbyterian or Lutheran or whatever that that church may be, whichever that they may be, they all agree on one fact. Jesus is God. Everybody say, He's God. So the first sign of a cult would be this. The cults deny that Jesus is God and that he's came in the flesh. Are you listening? They'll say that he was a prophet, that he was a good man, that he was a teacher. But they will not say that he is God. See, every cultic group denies the central fact of Scripture that Jesus is, and it's not only with God, but that he is God. Somebody say, Yes, he is. In John chapter 1, verse number 1, in the beginning was God. The word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was nothing made that was made. So, when we get up and sing songs at Christmas time about this little baby that was born at Christmas, it's that our minds need to be able to comprehend that Jesus, Jesus was God before coming to the earth. Mm-hmm. He was God in the 33 years that He was here on this earth, and that He will always be God. So, if a person believes anything less than this concerning Jesus, they don't believe that the Jesus of the Scripture. Amen? Oh, there'll be a lot of people celebrating Jesus because they get off work. <laughs> they get a bonus. Amen? They get a turkey or a ham. They get blessed. Amen? A lot of people are going to believe in Jesus in this season, but they don't believe that he is God. Somebody say Amen? See, He created everything there is, everything that exists, He made it. Put your hand on yourself and say, He made me. He made me. John chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. He made me. Even many Christians seem to be confused on this very fact that I'm talking about this morning. Jesus is the creator of the universe. I've had JWs come to my house. They want to tell me that Jesus was the first creation of God and I want to politely tell them no, he wasn't. He's always been God, always will be God. He's the word that was with God. Somebody say he's the word, he's the son. He has always existed and always will be. Mm -hmm. Say amen, amen. He's the creator of the universe. So from a full rendering of Scripture, it would appear that the Father and the Son and the Spirit were always involved in the creation account. But Jesus is the one that took center stage. Mm. For by Him, listen, for by Him, verse 16, for by Him were all things created that are in heaven that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. So this morning, I think that these facts are clear about Jesus, that without him and without these facts, Christmas means nothing. Somebody said, what did you have to say all that for? So I can say, what's next? See, I happen to know where I'm going. I'm driving the car. So, He is the incredible word. And in this time in which we live, I think it's important for me to understand how incredible that it really is. It's that it has always existed, always will exist and that I can bank my entire life on anything that that book says. Regardless of what any news commentator says, what any person in the occult says, any person that does not believe it says, I can go to the Word and say it's historically true, it's historically correct, and I know that God has always been and always will be. Somebody say amen. He is God and God alone. So it's incredible. The second thing is that it is He is illuminating. He is the illuminating Word. Everybody say illuminating. John chapter 1, verses 4 through 9. In him was life. In him was life. See, the phone was even agreeing with it. And that life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So what we're doing here is we're going to move from who Jesus is to how Jesus wants to make himself known. In him was life. That life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. So, this great God that we serve, this eternal being, the creator of the universe, wants to introduce himself to each and every one of us. And so, Jesus. Is the word that brings light. Somebody say he's the word that brings light. See, the whole purpose of Christmas is wrapped in the fact that God wants you. He wants to know you. He wants to know us. Did you know this morning that before that light ever comes on inside of you to to know who Jesus is, is that this incredible word has to be preached. Because you're lost in darkness and you cannot see and you are without God and you're running from him at a thousand mile an hour trying to get away from him. You're not interested in heaven. You're not interested in hell either. You're not interested in who God is and what he's done for you through his son Jesus until the word of truth is preached and the light comes on. See, it's like God standing up in the darkness, and this is what he's doing. If you can if you can do this, I wish I'd have brought a flashlight with me, but it would be as if the Father steps out in the darkness with a bright shining light, and he begins to shine it in your face. And he says, in order for you to get to me, you've got to see the light. The reason that it's important for you to see the light is that you can come to who I am. But more importantly than that, is that when you see this light, it will bring illumination into your mind to understand, I am lost without God. I have lost my connection to, to the God that created everything. See, all of a sudden, your thoughts begin to get stirred up, and you come alive on the inside. Isn't it amazing that we are born dead in trespasses and in sins, and we have want nothing to do with God, and we live recklessly upon the face of this earth? Wandering around in that darkness, groping in the darkness, but the moment that somebody gets up and begins to preach the truth of the word, the incredible word, illumination begins to come. Because the Holy Spirit settles down upon your spirit, upon your soul and upon your mind and begins to open your eyes. And the more that a preacher preaches, you begin to realize as you squirm in that seat and get uncomfortable, you come under that conviction power because of the illumination that's coming to you because truth is entering into your life. And when truth begins to come in, it shakes everything up. Somebody say, it shakes everything up. And you begin to move and you begin to say, hey, you know what? I think that preacher might be right. I think that I'm, you know, my, my sins are before me and I, 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 feel like, I, I feel like that I'm guilty before God. All these things begin to come alive. And see, this is what happens when Jesus is preached. Somebody say Illumination. Illumination. The light shines in the darkness, the, out of the in the face of uh, in your face through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Because God is calling you to Himself. <laughs> I think I told this story. I, I know that our, our already got out, and it was dark, and he had ran down in the woods, and he was he was scared and freaked out, and he was not going to come back to the house. And I had the light, and I was shining down in the woods. He stopped. He saw the light, but he didn't know what the light was until I turned around and shined the light in my face. See, this is what God talks about, and Paul tells us. He said "He said the light has shined in the face of Jesus Christ because lots of times when the light is shining and you get uncomfortable and you come under conviction and you say, man, I'm not going back to that church because I feel uncomfortable. I don't know what that is, but it's just, I don't know. I just don't want to get back in that. But the moment that that light gets turned in the face of the God that's looking for you, it changes everything. Come on, somebody. Because once I find out who he is, And he's illuminating my thought and my mind and my heart. And I see, hey, that's God. And God is looking for me. I have been lost and I need my creator. I need need the life that he's offering to me through his son Jesus. It's one thing for the light to be shining, but it's one thing for him to shine it on the face. Somebody say, he illuminates me. He illuminates me. Think about this. See, we can legitimately say that Jesus' purpose in coming to this earth was that he wanted to get involved in your life. He wants to know you. God Almighty, the Father, wanted to know you so much that he sent his only begotten son into the world just to put on your shoes, to taste of what you go through. And so this this power of this illumination that I'm talking about is found in the Scripture He said, the light shines on in the darkness and the darkness comprehends it not or it never can overpower or do detriment to it. My God, I think about the years that the Holy Spirit chased me. He pursued me. I didn't pursue him. He pursued me. I could be sitting at home. All of a sudden, Billy Graham could come on the TV. I could feel the pursuit of God. His dealings. I could be on the job and we could be sinning or out on a Friday night and sinning and somebody could mention anything spiritual or say something about a person that I knew that went to church, I felt the pursuit of God. Amen. It was like you can't get away from him because he's pursuing you. He's after you. Thank you Jesus. The thing about it is that that light keeps shining in his face and you know who it is now. He's after you. His heart is after you. His heart is beating for you. He wants to know you. And so the, here we are, we're running from him. And we think, hey, man, if I could just, if I could find this out about this car, if I could find this out about this house, if I could find this out about this computer, if I could find this out about this kind of knowledge, if I could just meet this person. And it, you got God Almighty, the creator of everything that ever was, is, and will be, that is in pursuit of you. I think it's time that you realize that God is so much in love with you and wants you, and wants to have contact and, and, and in your life and wants to know you, that you stop and say, hey, I want to know him. He's pursuing me. I surrender to you. There's something about that surrender that when that altar call is given and you respond, how many have ever said, God, I wish I did that earlier. I wish that I'd received Jesus into my heart earlier. Hmm? Darkness here represents Satan. It represents evil. The light is shining in the, in the darkness. Because that word evil is important to bring out because it means, and I would say to you, that it's indicative of hardships and and trials and pain and trouble because that's what sin brings in our lives. We become desperate for help. I think about the myriads of people this morning that are are without God and without hope. Some of them contemplating suicide, some have no purpose in life, some want to die. You think about people that, that are just merely existing. They think that the, they, they, they want to get stoned out of their mind on the drug. They want to they drink the alcohol to get drunk, to numb themselves, just the life in general. And it's all because that they've never really connected to Jesus. Amen. Jesus is not boring. He's God. I may be boring, but he's not. Amen. Somebody say, he's full of life. He's full of life. See, the power of this light of Jesus can never be stopped or extinguished because that light is shining on you, and it's shining upon his face. He wants you to understand he is in pursuit of you today. Somebody say, Jesus is pursuing me. I can give you the the greatest thing about that is the fact that when the world was in darkness and when we were, were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When the world was lost and in darkness, God chose to send his son. He's always pursued you. He's after you. He's chasing you. It doesn't matter how bad you get, how nasty that you get, or how downtrodden that you get, God never will give up on you. He will chase you to the gates of hell. You're the one that makes the decision to go into hell, not Jesus sending you there. He's pursuing you. He's after you, and he wants your heart. He wants your life. I said, My God, that God is after me. That's something. I'm saying, God, you, you're pursuing me. Amen. It's just like, you know, uh, being in a relationship with somebody. If you, you know, I pursued Deborah. I said, I pursued Deborah. I pursued Deborah. I bought her gifts, I chased her. Amen. And now I'm married to her. See, that's the way Jesus is to us. He pursues us. He gives gifts to us. He lavishes us with his love. What do you mean by gift? Are you breathing this morning? That's a gift. Do you feel healthy? That is a gift. Did you walk in here on your own accord? That is a gift from God. Can you see with your eyes? That is a gift from God. Can you think cognitively this morning? That is a gift from God. Jesus is pursuing you. You may be running at high speed away from him, but you'll never run over 186,000 miles per second. He's running ahead from you. I like what the psalmist said, thy word runs very swiftly. So it doesn't matter how fast. David said, I make my bed in hell. You're right there. I make my, take the wings of the wind. You're right there. doesn't matter where I go, God. You're already there. You know why? Because he's in pursuit of you. He's in pursuit of you. If he's in pursuit of you, he has a purpose for you in this earth. And if you can connect to that purpose that he has for your life, then things will drastically change in an instant of time. If he's taking the time to chase after you, he's going to do more than just chase you. He will change you. Somebody say, yes, he will. (laughs) Glory to God. Listen. See, that word that lived and dwelt among us has the power to withstand anything that the enemy brings against us. Isn't it amazing how, much, how many times the enemy tries to stop you from responding to the gospel or acknowledging God in a certain thing or just simply obeying Him? Amen? Amen. <laughs> He's the force that can never be defeated by anyone, anytime, anywhere. I love this. That's why he chose to come, born as a little baby. Do you know why this morning, do you know why abortion, do you know why abortion is in such demand by some people? Do you understand why? I can give you a certain, I can give you a a definition that will be good for you to remember this morning. Why abortion exists? Because every time that the devil sees a baby born, that baby child is born in the likeness and in the image of Almighty God, and it reminds him of Jesus the Messiah that came 2,000 years ago as a tiny baby and was born into this earth. Satan writhes in anger, and it upsets him every time that breath, comes into a little baby's lungs and it cries for the first time. Can I tell you that when you were born and that breath of life came into you, that God has pursued you from the time that you were born to this present day. And if you haven't ever made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to tell you that God has something great for you, wonderful for your life. But you have to respond to that. And those that have been born again, he still has something greater than you really, really are operating in right now because his pursuit of you and what he's doing in your life, even when you get lazy, even when you draw back, even when you let go, he's there to woo you and to draw you and to call you and to move in you because he's pursuing you. Amen. See, it's hard to imagine what it must have been like Come down to this world from the glory that Jesus had. Think about this the glory he experienced through his eternity. Somebody say he's eternal. Hmm. See, so you to have never been in the presence of sin that's hard to imagine. See, so we're born in sin, shaped by iniquity. We talked about that Wednesday night or last Sunday morning one. But you think about what he's he's saying right here. Jesus chose to leave glory. Somebody say he chose to leave it. Chose to leave it. Chose to enter this world. Chose, chose to come into the presence of sin. He never sinned, but he came into the presence of sin. And then to willingly come into a world that was infested with it on top of that. Wow. It's quite revealing to me to think about what he the extreme that he went through to know me, understand me, to understand you. Hmm? Think. See the only possible reason that he would do this was because he loves you. Long ago, ever before he made the world, God loved us. He chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. So the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, God loved you before you existed. Did you get that? God loved you before you existed. Mm. Mm -hmm. That to me is the single greatest possible thing that I can know about Christmas is that every time the Christmas season rolls around or I see a Christmas tree or a a decoration of any kind banners or whatever have a jingle mingle is that I'm reminded of the fact why are we doing this? It's all because of him. All because of him. Amen. I got to move forward. He's the incredible word. He is the... uh, illuminating word. He's also the inclusive word. Everybody say inclusive. Although the world was made by him, the scripture said that the world did not recognize him. Hmm. Even in his own land, among his own people, are you getting it? He was not accepted. Today, Jesus, God, Emmanuel, God with us, who took on flesh and blood, came to this earth for us. Say, came for us. He's among us right now. But many today in the world are refusing to accept him. Think about that. You think about the rampage that's in the streets, the lawlessness that's in the cities, the darkness that's in the earth the demonstrations that are happening, you would think that people would accept God. But many people blame God. But when I read that scripture, there's encouragement there for me. Because John adds something. He said, but to all that received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even as many as believed upon his name. Jesus doesn't force anybody to serve him. Nobody. Nobody. You see, we're free to reject him. We're free to receive him. We're free to obey him. That's up to us. He gave us a free will. Somebody say, yes, he did. Mm -hmm. But for those who accept him and those who receive him, there's great benefits that he gives to us. Mm -hmm. So I want you to listen. All who accept him are accepted by him. He said, if you come to me, I will not cast you out. If you come to me, don't think that you can go out and turn your life over by, by your own bootstraps or turning over a new leaf. God says, I want you like your old nasty self and bring your sin with you. He said, because you can't change the way you are. He said, you may clean up the outside. He said, but at some point in time in your cycle, you will go right back to it. He said, but if you'll come to me and bring that to me, I know you're guilty. I know you're full of shame. I know your life is messed up. He said, but if you'll bring that to me, I'll fix it, and I'll turn it around. I'm the only one that can change it. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's encouraging. Somebody say, that is encouraging. As many as receive him, to them gives he the power to become the sons of God, even as many as call upon his name. Jesus does not force you. He calls you to himself. Mm. Wow. Listen, all that that accept him are accepted by him. Oh, I'm, I'm not perfect. You don't have to be. And you never will be. Not on this side. Somebody say amen. You never will be. Amen. So if you're looking for a perfect Christian, forget it. They're perfect in Christ. That's it. (laughs) You think about it. You're accepted. He said, look, he said, I'll never turn you I'll never cast you away. There are no membership requirements. There's no duties to pay, no quotas to fill. All you have to do is to believe and come to me and let me take care of it. That's a pretty good deal. Hmm? All who accept him become children of God. As many as received him to them gave you the power to become the sons of God. When we receive him, we'll become born again. Somebody say changed. Amen. Changed. Changed. And I like this because, I'm, you know, I'm, I can be accepted by a lot of people. But it's more important i be accepted by God. Say, I want to be accepted. Accepted into the family. Somebody say, yes, I do. Accepted into the family of God. I know that it's hard for us to comprehend it. But I'm going to end with this. Is that Jesus came and took on flesh and blood so that he could represent you in heaven. Amen. Somebody said, well, I know that. I know we know it, but we don't know it. I want you to think for a few minutes. Philippians chapter 2. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation. Made himself of no reputation. The Weiss translation says this, but emptied himself. Emptied himself and took upon himself the form of a servant. Servant, everybody say servant. And was made in the likeness of men. And, you know, (laughs) I I, want to show you something this morning, and that is the Lord kind of gave me this picture and I want to kind of illustrate this to you. How can let's just say this is a this is a box. Solomon said heaven of heavens cannot contain him. How do you put God in a box? The heavens of heavens cannot contain Him. Now, this is going to be the greatest part of this message this morning. Then we're going to get out here and baptize some people. This is what the Lord said. How do you take God and put Him in a box? Lay a hand on yourself. Say, "I am a box." The Weiss translation says he emptied himself. We call it the kenotic theory, kenosis. That he emptied himself. He divested himself of everything that's called God as we could think of it, yet his attributes remain the same in Jesus while he walked this earth. He was God and man. Somebody say both God and man. But in order for God to know you, he came from there, put off his appearance that's brighter than the sun, Now get this, because you cannot look at God and live, they say, because if you looked at God in your fleshly being and you actually saw him, your eyes would consume away in your sockets and your skin would melt from off your body and your tongue would consume away in your mouth because of the brightness of his glory and his express image. But see, he chose to disrobe himself of that and put on flesh and blood. In actuality, what God did was put himself in a box in this, in one of these. But you take the vastness of who he is and take him. I was going to bring my little Donald Trump statue out here, but I didn't want to offend anybody. Because they would say, it didn't look like Jesus. It kind of looks like Donald Trump. Well, it's just an illustration. But taking God and put him in a box, he did that. He did that. Somebody say, he did that. He did that. So they... He took himself and he emptied himself and he put on flesh and blood. He put himself in such, a, in such a position that he came as a small seed, was placed into the womb of a woman and born into this earth just like any other human being. And so when Jesus shows up in full human form, let's just say now at the age of 33 and he's walking flesh and blood being and we're watching him and I'm going to skip through all the childhood and just come to the full grown man. That when you look at that full grown man, it's hard for me to comprehend that is the God that stood in Genesis 1 and said, let there be. He's the one in John chapter 1 that they are describing. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, without Him was nothing made that was made. And I can tell you this right now that all the cattle and the gold and everything that is belongs to Him. He's just letting man lease this planet. I want us to get this this morning. But yet He came. He humbled Himself, He emptied Himself, He took on the form of a servant so that he could serve us. And so really what God is saying, he said, look... I want to take the stigma away from you thinking that I'm so important and I'm so big and I'm so great and I'm so awesome that you can't communicate with me. He says, so I'm going to come in the form of a man in flesh and blood so that you can relate to who I am. Jesus took on that flesh and blood, and he took the motley crew that he chose for a purpose. He chose them by himself. He prayed all night long, and he said, God, I want a bunch of rascals, and let me have them. And, let me have them. and so they came. And we know that Peter and Andrew and all these guys that that were there that followed him because they were quite a bunch, James and John, sons of thunder. Think about this, so that he could relate to them. And so when I look at all of us this morning and look at us sitting here because some of us are really rascals, amen? Amen. God looks down at us and, you know, the thing about it is we think that he's got a a lightning bolt that wants to destroy us or wants to kill us, but in all actuality, he likes the diversity when he looks at us because he says... You know, we look at some people and say, man, I can't believe it. They like those colors. I can't believe that they dress that way. I can't believe that they, you know, that they, that they, they do the things that they do and act like they act and their, their character. You know, I could never wear that or I could never look that way and, and et cetera, et cetera. But you know what? It didn't faze God one bit. I, I want you to listen to what I'm saying now because this is important. Jesus came so that he could relate to you and me. He wanted me to understand. You can have a good time with God. You can laugh with God. You can talk to God. You can sing to God. You can sing with God. You can enjoy God. That's what this thing's all about. We're going to spend eternity with our God, whether we know it or not, for eons of ages to come. Then there will be no end to that. This is just a rehearsal room and a dressing room. We get all bent out of shape if somebody doesn't, you know, wear what we wear, smell like the we, cologne that we wear, or go to the places that we go. They may like, you know, uh, they may like bright orange and you might like blue. They may drive a Volkswagen, you may drive a Cadillac. The thing about it is that God made that diversity. He didn't make us all alike. He didn't make us clones of one another. Are you, are you getting this? This is important because Jesus came to this earth to be born this to be born as he was born so that he could relate to us. And so today, God wants you to know you may be rejected by men, you may be rejected by churches, but you're never rejected by me. He said, I chose my son and sent him into this earth just so that he could relate to you. And I love this scripture that he gives us. He said, for we have not a high priest. Jesus is my high priest. He came to be my high priest in things pertaining to God. I don't have a high priest who cannot relate to the things of God or the things of man. Because in all manner like as we are, he was tempted, he went through stuff, yet he was without sin. But he can represent me. I said, he can represent me because he knows me. And he knows this body. He knows the flesh. He knows it. So that tiny baby that was born for me was born so that he could feel my pain, feel my hurts, feel my rejection, feel my insecurities. Know me inside and out so that he could relate to me. That's why when I go to him and I want to talk to him about something, he fully understands it. He gets it. Somebody say, he gets it. Man may not get it, but God gets it. And so I can go and pour my heart out to him, and guess what? He's my advocate with the Father. Because Father God doesn't understand it. Daddy, Father, Almighty God, but his son Jesus does. That's why he sent his son, Jesus, for you and I this morning. So that he could relate to. us. You know, when you lose a loved one and you're hurting inside, Jesus knows all about it. When you've been scorned and mocked, made fun of and ridiculed, Jesus knows all about it. When you've been rejected, Jesus knows all about it. When nobody wants to have anything to do with you, Jesus knows all about it. Amen. You feel second rate, Jesus knows all about it. And He can represent you. He knows you. So this morning... He is the God. Somebody say, He is the God that can relate to me. Amen. This is so important for us to get. I want us to stand together this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's let every head bow. is the incredible word he is the illuminating word he is the inclusive word right now with every head bowed the Holy Spirit is already beckoning people this morning I, I sense this in my heart Jesus wants to know you Jesus wants to save you Jesus wants to change your life today that's why he came to this earth that's why he emptied himself that's why he was willing to go through the pain and the suffering And I want to tell you, he came as a little baby the first time, but he's not coming as a babe this time. He's coming as the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's asking this morning, whose side do you want to be on? I came looking for you, shining the light for you, and I'm looking for you right now. He's shining that light, and he's calling out to you. Come to me. He says, come all that are thirsty, everybody that's hungry. Everyone that's lost, he's calling out to you today. And he's saying, come to me. Jesus paid the price for your sin. Only he can pay that price. It was his his precious blood, his sinless, spotless blood. And today, if you're here and you do not know Christ, I want to give you the opportunity to come to him right now. Come to Jesus. If you want to be forgiven of sin, you want to be washed of sin, if you're not sure where you stand out with God, step out right now. Meet me at this altar. 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 Come on down. Thank you, Jesus. I feel since the Holy Spirit drawing people today. Obey the Spirit. This could be our last day on this planet. You make that decision. It'll be the best decision you ever make. To say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Come and meet me at this altar. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Had a little Alexis to give her heart to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Brother Randy gave, came and got restored this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Justin got restored this morning. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's good. That's good. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Angels are rejoicing. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 I want to remind you that uh, Jingle Mingle this evening is 6 o'clock, so come and bring yourself, leave your ugly sweater home, and put on something nice, praise God, and show up. We're going to have a great time, great food, have a lot of fun. 6 this evening, and you're welcome to be there. We want you to be there. Amen. Bring a friend if you want to. Amen. Okay, anybody that wants to help, Cherie said show up at 5 o'clock. She needs some helpers, so you can show up at 5 o'clock and help Cherie out down in the lower building down there, okay? We're going to be having a baptism uh, as soon as we can get ready, so over in the side room, and if you want to be baptized or need to be baptized and want to be, you feel welcome to do that. We have several people that are going to be, so uh, I want to say may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, may lift His countenance to you, be gracious to you, and may grant you peace in Jesus' name, amen. God bless. I'll see you this evening. Prayer meeting Tuesday night, Wednesday night service.